This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world. In the UAE and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse95. Yes, I'm near 100% correct. And we're going to be talking about how Uber is extending mask selfie verification feature to riders. So we're talking about how Uber will extend these mask verification selfies. Listen closely. Selfies. You're going to have to take a <laughs> selfie to verify to the riders. Yes, indeed. Riders and passengers will have to basically let... each of them know their identities mm-hmm. by taking those selfies but coming up on future talk as well we're talking all about amazon for real deploying the delivery of packages by using drones this has always been a far-fetched dream we've been talking about it before but now it has actually become a reality in the united states Yes, Omni, and I'm very excited to see how uh, drone delivery will be working for these packages. It's been in the works for a couple of years. They Actually, I think they first implemented it or introduced the idea back in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it come to life. But Omni, also we're talking about robots. Yes, indeed. A very special robot as well because a lot of us may have heard of Sophia the robot. We may have seen her on many of our favorite shows and she has definitely made her appearance be known in different shows worldwide. But today we get to host the creator of Sophia the robot, David Hansen. He's going to be coming on the show to tell us all about the story behind Sophia the robot and also her other little sisters. Little Sophias have definitely been invented over the past few years. And we're also going to be talking about the different robotics that have been created to help find solutions uh, for all the COVID-19 treatments and face masks that have been created during this pandemic. Very interesting stuff. So keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Bits and bytes do connect our world. But you know what else connects us with one another? transportation and uber is one of the most transportation transporting apps in the u.s and uber is actually extending mask selfie verification feature to riders now the rider selfie feature will be rolled out in the u.s and canada by the end of this month september now uber technologies did say that it will roll out a global selfie feature to verify its ride hail customers wear a mask and modeled even after a similar feature was introduced for drivers in mid-May. So, if you want to get into an Uber, you need to wear a mask and verify that with a selfie of you having a mask on. Yes, indeed. Now, Uber actually came up with this motto of no mask, no ride policy back in May. And the whole reason behind that is to make sure that we are all abiding by the precautionary measures that have been implemented all around the world. So, back in May and up until today, drivers are required to take a selfie with a mask every single day before starting their their workday. So, it basically becomes like punching in once you enter the office. And drivers and riders are also able to cancel a trip without penalty if, let's say, the rider found out that his or her driver is not wearing a mask, which also adds to the importance of wearing a mask and makes it very normal that if someone is not wearing a mask, you have a right to cancel your ride and you will not be paying uh, any extra for that. 
Now, we've seen Uber do a lot of things uh, against COVID-19, and we can see that they're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, no one would be comfortable, especially during a pandemic, if the rider or or driver doesn't want to wear a mask. And them saying, listen, if the person or the driver or the rider is not wearing a mask, you can cancel it. And if the driver isn't wearing a mask and you you ask for a refund or you cancel the ride, Mm -hmm. uh, that driver as well, Omnia, could be uh, liable of having his account deactivated. Oh, wow. So there's obviously, hey, you're off the app. You cannot drive anymore. And actually, Omnia, demand for ride-hailing trips has actually dropped sharply during the pandemic, especially Mm -hmm. in the U.S., which is Uber's largest market. Because obviously, Omnia, uh, you don't want to get into a car with a random stranger, even though it's a driver, taxi, or whatever, especially during a pandemic. So a lot of people did have fears of getting into these cars with people and with drivers, obviously, and not driving their own car. So having this mask on service uh, guarantees that, hey, that the driver will have a mask on, the rider will have a mask on, and you'll have a safe journey. Absolutely. Now, unlike for the drivers, the rider app will only ask a passenger to take a selfie of themselves if the driver reports that he or she, the passenger themselves, were not wearing a mask. So this definitely brings a lot of comfort to people who are just not as comfortable sharing their photos on an app like Uber. Now, the selfie feature does not use facial recognition technology. So that is another uh, thing that brings comfort to our safety. But it simply detects the mask as an object of our face. And at the end of the day, as you mentioned, Hani, this is a worldwide pandemic and we all want to make sure that we are protecting one another. Now, luckily, right here in the UAE, many taxis and Ubers have been uh, abiding by all the safety regulations, which has made riding a taxi, I think, one of the safest options when we're comparing the UAE with the rest of the world. But let's move on to talk a little bit about flying (laughs) rather than driving right here on Earth. Yes, Amazon has gotten the U.S. approval for drone delivery of their Amazon packages. Now, Amazon has been pushing for drone delivery and even robot delivery for their packages, and it will be called Amazon Prime Air. So basically, they'll have their own type of fleet of drones that will deliver packages by air. And Amazon has come a step closer to launching drone delivery of packages in the U.S. and after it received a crucial certificate from the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration. Now, with the position possession of what's called 135 Air Carrier Certificate, Amazon can run its fleet of prime air delivery drones all over the U.S. Now, with such a certification, the only path for small drones would be to carry the property or the package beyond visual line of sight. Now, following this very crucial approval, Amazon will start testing customer deliveries by using drones. Now, how amazing would it be to receive your delivery, not from an Amazon uh, employee, but rather from a drone, handing it to you straight in your hands. Now, uh, Amazon is going to be working on developing and refining that technology so that they can fully integrate delivery drones into the airspace. And they'll definitely be working very closely with the FAA to make sure that uh, their vision of a 30-minute delivery will become a reality soon enough. So they're planning on allowing you to get your package once you deliver it within 30 minutes. Now, this is awesome. I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. because obviously uh, when you have an Amazon uh, deliver delivery person, you'll have them in a big truck and they'll, they'll come and they'll go by neighborhood by neighborhood. And obviously in the U.S., I believe it's same day delivery, if not within a few hours. Yeah, I and we have something similar I, here, the Amazon Prime. Yeah, I believe it is so... 
In the U.S., they do kind of guarantee a four-hour to eight-hour window if you order in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now, with this coming into play now, uh, delivery drones were kind of being played in 2013. They were testing it. But now it's coming to life. So you're going to have your package within 30 minutes after it's distributed from the Amazon Distributor Center. So I'm really excited to see how this plays. And maybe one day we can have that implemented in the UAE. Now, it's very fun to think about and imagine if you're in a building, you live in a building (laughs) and the drone comes all the way up to your floor and you open the balcony and there is your package. Now, a lot of people uh, were testing that out with food delivery. A mm-hmm. lot of a lot of companies were testing it out with pizzas, and I, I don't. I right think here in the UAE, we had flying burgers as well. Yes, and so so drones drones are being used a lot for safety, for security, for medical reason, and now for even our leisure, for for food delivery and getting our packages on time. Now, I know you're excited about flying packages, but what I'm excited for today is an interview with the creator of Sophia the Roll. David Hansen will be joining us in just a few moments to tell us all about the story behind Sophia the Robot and all of her little sisters. Little Sophias have been born and we're going to be getting to know a little bit about what their roles are in society and do humanoid bots actually create a threat on our humanity just like many of us think that they do. If you have any questions for David Hansen, make sure you send them in at 4215-DO-IT-TIS-A-LOT or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Future Talk with Omnia Al Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. Amongst all the robots designed by humans, humanoid bots have had a very special place in our lives. They're able to talk like us, walk like us, and express a wide range of emotions. Yet one humanoid robot personifies our dreams for the future of AI. Sophia the robot, you may have seen her, you may have even watched her on some of your favorite shows worldwide. She is the world's first robot citizen, and she has made an appearance on many shows and conferences around the world. But today, we are lucky enough to have her on Future Talk as well as her founder, David Hansen, the CEO of Hansen Robotics, is joining us to tell us a little bit more about the story behind Sophia the Robot and how all of her robotic friends have helped us during the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Yes, so kind of tell us about using robotics in the testing of respirators and personal protective equipment, how do robots actually allow researchers to understand how respirators fit in real-life scenarios? Uh, sure. So first of all, um, the kinds of robots that we make mm. at Hanson Robotics uh, have a very flexible skin material mm. that I invented while I was a PhD student. Mm. So that allows the face to make these kinds of uh, high quality expressions uh, and so you can see that the smile folds and wrinkles and the, the brow creases in kind of a natural way and so these uh, faces they're very very soft and conformable um, mm-hmm. for that for that reason and um, so uh, after I finished my PhD uh, I was um, part of a research project in the United States, working with the United States Centers for Disease Control Mm. uh, for respirator test fitting. Mm -hmm. So my team and I, Hanson Robotics, developed uh, what is called the Mabel 
uh, standard head form uh, into a robotic version that would go through the full range of facial expressions. Mm -hmm. the, um, so the, uh, the scientists there tested many different kinds of material and they found that this, uh, this material, this, uh, this soft material that I invented, I call it rubber for face rubber, mm -hmm. um, that it was uh, closer in the way that it conformed uh, closer to the human face than any material that they could find mm -hmm. uh, uh, by, by a great distance. So uh, the importance for that is that, that if you're going to test a respirator and how it fits, you want to know whether live pathogens can get past that mm -hmm. respirator, how many live pathogens get past. But you can't test that with a human, obviously, for obvious I mean, reasons. it's COVID-19, yes. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, um, so being able to test this uh, with a face that simulates the natural actions and mechanics of uh, a human face becomes really important. So that won a number of awards uh, for its work and helps to validate the efficacy, the effectiveness of respirators at keeping people safe. Absolutely. Now, can we start uh, to talk a little bit about what is Hanson Robotics? For anyone who may not know the famous Sophia the Robot, she is making her grand entrance on Future Talk. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how was Sophia the Robot born? Or if she wants to say herself, that would also be very nice to hear her speak about it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So um, Hanson Ro Robotics um, developed, uh, it started uh, when I was a PhD student. So I founded the, the company originally in 2005. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I developed a number of human-like robots that had cameras in the eyes, face detection algorithms, open domain conversation, won that year uh, a, a, an award uh, for open interaction with a robotic portrait of a science fiction writer whose name is, is Philip K. Dick. So um, you could sit on a sofa with this, that android and have a full open conversation. So it won the first place prize for the Association for the Advancement of Artificial Intelligence uh, for open interaction in 2005. So um, I, when I came to Hong Kong uh, a few years ago, the idea was to take these um, kinds of uh, innovations and scale the manufacturing. So we first developed Sophia in 2016, and we started considering the different ways that she could uh, serve in various applications and we worked with the local manufacturing infrastructure uh, to uh, look at how we could mass manufacture this and improve the quality of the facial expressions, the manufacturability of the facial expressions. We went through the full process of designing uh, arms uh, that have very delicate sensors in the fingertips. Uh, they have uh, many degrees of freedom so they can do almost anything that the human hand can do. Mm. Um, and then we uh, proved that those uh, through a, a series of experiments where they're uh, gesturally used for interacting with people and they can also uh, like uh, play a hand of cards or pick up a pen or uh, a paintbrush into a drawing of a person so um, then we also added uh, many more sensors and then finally a base that could um, be used for uh, navigation you can see mm -hmm. yeah so she can be quite mobile <laughs> so, I'd, I'd like to believe the yeah, facial be features uh, give give the most realistic human type of feel. Yeah, the facial yes, gestures. exactly. I mean, humans we we naturally bond mm. and communicate 
with our faces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're more visual creatures than we are verbal creatures. So nonverbal facial expressions are really important. And that's why computer generated imagery like computer animation often depicts the face, almost always depicts the face in the human like form. So making robots that uh, that are animated characters then means that the robots can be more effective in communicating in healthcare applications, uh, in uh, in education, in customer service, and of course entertainment. And so um, you know we can ask uh, Sophia some questions. We've also got a, a, a really um, sophisticated software framework for her that has speech recognition, natural language processing. And so um, let me give this a try. Hey, Sophia, how are you today? She's thinking. Everything is okay. Cool. And uh, can you tell us about Hanson Robotics? That's our company. Hanson Robotics is a robotics and artificial intelligence company based out of Hong Kong. But our team spans the globe from Africa to Europe to America. True. That's right. <laughs> well, Sophia definitely has a great sense in fashion, that's for sure. And we're very excited to get to know a little bit more about her and what her little sisters are doing in the field of science and in the society as a whole. If you have any questions for David Hansen or even Sophia the Robot, make sure you send them in at 4215-DUR-TISALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk with Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Not every day do you get to say that you got a chance to speak to Sophia the robot, the one and only robot that has officially become a citizen in this world. She is a humanoid bot, she speaks like us, walks like us, and can even express a wide range of emotions. But today is a very special day because not only do we have her on our show, but we also have her creator joining us today, David Hansen, founder and CEO of Hansen Robotics, is telling us a little bit about the behind the scenes of Sophia the Robot. How was she born? But also, how are her little sisters helping out during the COVID-19 pandemic? Thank you so much, David, for joining us today. It's been a great honor to get to speak to you. Thank you. Likewise. It's um, wonderful to speak with you. David, a lot of us um, can definitely be worried about humanoid robots. Uh, your whole career has been focused on creating human-like robots. And the most famous of them all is definitely Sophia the Robot. She's blinking in the background. Um, and she has definitely made her mark on this world. She was granted a citizenship, but she also has a few little sisters. So can you tell us a little bit about what little Sophia's features are and what are they doing in this world? Yes. Um, so, uh, Sophia, uh, uh, we're very proud of her. She's been helping um, uh, with uh, education. And so we decided that we wanted to make it more accessible by making a lower cost version of uh, Sophia. So we made, we actually had made a, um, a, a small Einstein that was a walking, expressive face to conversationally interactive robot. Um, and so he's in the background here with a big Einstein that we had developed. <laughs> so you can see them together. Um, and uh, so there's little Einstein. Little Einstein. Um, 
Yeah, so um, we decided that uh, the little Sophia was something that really should be um, out there in the world. So um, so we made several prototypes, but we haven't finished the full production. So mm -hmm. we're expecting to uh, be able to bring her to the world in 2021. So uh, she's uh, got all of the same AI conversational speech and so forth as the big robot, but uh, uh, a, you know fewer motors. She doesn't have uh, arms. She's not human sized. So by making her much smaller, um, we're able to get the cost down. So it's mm -hmm. like two hundred US dollars for uh, for your own programmable robot, and then kids can learn uh, Python programming, machine vision, machine learning all kinds of artificial intelligence, conversational systems, chatbots. Uh, so it's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with it. But it's also just a funny character that you can hang out with. You know, it's like a smart speaker that is a character you can have little um, adventures with uh, because uh, she is uh, built uh, for exploring the world. What a fantastic way to get children more involved with learning and also with socializing with robots. But your robots are widely known in this world to be the most human-like in appearance, whether it was Sophia the robot and her great sense in fashion, may I say, or even her siblings, little Sophias. But many people tend to worry that if robots are too similar to humans, whether it was in looks or even in the jobs that they do, that they may be threatening our existence. I'm interested to know what's your thought about that. Do you believe that we can communicate better with robots if they look more like us or are they threatening our existence well um so making robots that look human uh is uh challenging to us in some regards it uh for me i i'm interested in that because i want us to think about what machines and ai could do to our uh, society um uh however they're not uh, inherently scary and we have found through psychology studies that robots like Sophia and some of her siblings are uh, more appealing and more engaging and more communicative than uh, less human-like robots uh, and generally uh, people wind up trusting the robots even more but there are some people who are scared of human-like robots and uh, some people have mixed feelings mm -hmm. um, that's very interesting to me because as as works of art, I think of them as almost like physically embodied science fiction. Like she is basically like a living work of science fiction. Mm. And so um, so I, I'm interested in how science fiction challenges us to ask the deep questions. What does it mean to be a human? You know, mm. it's like if we look the same, then what's the difference? Well, I mean, obviously, right now, the difference is that humans have a lot more capabilities. We have creativity uh, at levels that, that robots can't. But what if those dis differences disappear? Um, and I think the answer to that question is we better make them care about us. We better make AI and robots that are good, good at heart. And by co-evolving together, by, by coming to understand each other, then we can build a better future. Otherwise, the AI is made to be alien, strange. It's mm. made out of sight, out of mind. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be um, innocuous or not transformative. It's still going to have a huge and transformative impact. It's just we don't get the chance to talk about it so much, to examine and consider what the impact is going to be. So I think by humanizing machines, we have the opportunity 
to build a relationship with the future and then design the machines to enhance the human condition and bring out the best in humans while also trying to bring out the best in the future of machines and machine intelligence. Absolutely. They're definitely challenging our identity as human beings. But uh, a little question that comes to mind, is there a reason why you named Sophia the robot Sophia? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, um, the word means wisdom. And I'm hoping that we can make machines that become truly wise eventually. What a, and mm. um, while, yeah, I mean, AI is not wise. AI really doesn't understand mm. at this stage. So AI is in a kind of infancy. Uh, so it, it's, I think of it as like an infant savant. So, you know, Sophia can answer all kinds of uh, questions. Other machines can beat the, you know, best human Go player or, you know, beat us at video games or even write uh, really compelling essays. But they don't, they're not really motivated and they don't really understand the world. They're not adaptive. No AI or robot is adaptive the way that a human is. So I'm hopeful that, uh, that we can keep pushing um, in a direction where we're not just uh, making the machines smarter, but we're making them care and ultimately uh, capable of understanding and choosing, being motivated to choose the best decisions that will benefit the maximum number of living beings on the planet, the most people that can really help people. Um, that's a dream. Uh, so it, uh, uh, you know, making this kind of character like Sophia and a technology framework that has all of these abilities um, uh, in one package, uh, then I hope uh, uh, allows us to envision a future and then pursue the research on that framework, that platform of Sophia 2020 right now, and then moving towards eventually Sophia 2030 and beyond. <laughs> um, so right now I'm very excited um, about about this because in a couple of weeks we're going to formally announce um, the launch of the Sophia 2020 platform. Oh, fantastic. So this is kind of a sneak <laughs> That's a sneak peek of Sophia 2020. And who knows yeah. what she has in store for all of us. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking a little bit about the role of robotics in the fight against COVID-19. How have, how have they been helping out in the manufacturing of masks? And how have they made the designs of masks fit us as human beings a lot better? Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkas on Pulse 95. While we were all dreaming of being immune to the COVID-19 virus, one creature was able to achieve that without even trying. Robotics have been gifted with the ability to help us out during research in medical treatments. And today we are talking about a specific set of robots, not just any robots, humanoid bots that have been created and invented by David Hansen, founder and CEO of Hansen Robotics, as well as Sophia the Robot. It's been great speaking to you uh, today, David, and uh, we want to ask you a little bit about the role of Sophia and all of her other robotic friends when it comes to whether it was training medical professionals during the COVID-19 pandemic or even evaluating the most effective mask designs. In your opinion, how has uh, using Sophia or any of her other robotic friends 
been a lot more beneficial than trying out different masks and ventilator applicators on, let's say, a plastic mannequin? Well, uh, in our work with the uh, U.S. Centers for Disease Control uh, in a project sponsored by the Air Force Research Labs, mm -hmm. we have uh, 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 built a very natural simulation of human-like face. This is a, a Mabel robot. And um, so Mabel had expressions very similar to Sophia's. Um, so it could simulate every action of the face, all the um, you know natural creases and folds. Um, and then uh, it would um, also conform the material um, that we invented uh, called Thrubber would conform to the respirator um, in a way that tested very similar to human faces. So that meant that um, that the Mabel respirator test fit mannequin could test whether pathogens were getting past the seal of the respirator around the face. Mm -hmm. So um, so that is um, uh, very useful for uh, for testing with live pathogens because you can't test that on on a real person. So. Uh, so, you know, we're quite excited about that contribution uh, to be able to determine that the respirators actually keep people safe. Um, additionally, however, these kinds of robots can be used in medicine uh, for telepresence applications so that a healthcare provider could remotely operate the robot um, and then perform various kinds of interactions with patients. Um, both powered by AI or controlled by a remote health professional. So we are participating in uh, a, a two really exciting projects where we are deploying Sophia for just such uses. So one is we are working with a company called Awakening Health that is deploying the robot as a, a, an assistant healthcare provider, a kind of doctor's assistant. So then that way medical professionals have fewer face-to-face -face interactions, wow. mm -hmm. but there's still social interactions through the robots. Again, just can't spread the disease uh, through a robot like Sophia. She's not going to cough or sneeze, you know? <laughs> so um, uh, we're not designing her for those features. <laughs> now that's, so, um, yeah, that's amazing because healthcare professionals tend to put their lives on the line. So minimizing that interaction yeah. between them and the patients is definitely going to be coming in very handy for them. Uh, David, one more question for everyone tuning in right now, every young innovator, sure. uh, every young David who is working on their very own Sophia. What is one piece of advice you wish you knew when you were on your path at the very beginning working on Sophia the robot? Well, uh, believe in your dreams, the unknown, right? So uh, we often um, uh, assume that, you know, whatever can be invented is already invented. That, you know, anything remaining is just, you know, for uh, around the edges and you, you have to be a super genius to be able to find it. But that's just not true. What the world needs is more belief in creativity, belief in the unknown. And of course, we experience that all the time. We experience that in dreams. We simply have to trust our dreams. So um, no matter what field you're in, you have to listen to your heart and follow your dreams.
Absolutely. Uh, any future plans for Sofia 2020 or 2021 that you can reveal to us right now? Uh, sure. Yeah. So for Sofia 2020, moving towards uh, 2021, uh, we are adding some very exciting new features, including some very low cost uh, walking and gestural legs uh, that are uh, pretty exciting. I, that's, a, again, a sneak uh, hint mm -hmm. at what is going to uh, be coming. We haven't shown this to the world. It's just in R&D right now. Uh, we've got some uh, new, uh, exciting new singing capabilities. So we've been working with some singing algorithms and professional musicians. So she's going to have some pop songs that she's, uh, she's unveiling. And in fact, one of those pop songs just appeared in Vogue. So we did a photo shoot with Sophia and Vogue. And <laughs> Sophia is singing her own song in this, like a music video. So that, so that right now, I think it's gone live on Vogue's uh, website, mm -hmm. uh, the Vogue Hong Kong. Um, and then uh, we have some uh, new capabilities with her hands. So we are using her for this IB, uh, for this um, uh, Avatar X Prize mm -hmm. uh, that where her hands uh, are uh, really greatly improved in their capabilities. And as a demonstration for that, we had her uh, do some uh, some drawings. So here is a another sneak peek uh, at. Um, some of the artwork that she's, oh, she's done. She actually she's, drew these and painted these with her own hands. She's um, quite talented, if we may say so ourselves. I mean, she's a singer, an artist. What else is in store for Sophia the Robot? We are honestly <laughs> well, so excited to see what now, the future now that holds we're for her. We're about to uh, announce that we've gone into mass production and that she's generally available, um, which means that uh, these research tools, the API, SDK, simulation tools, and the robots will be available for researchers at institutions uh, around the world, educational institutions and uh, companies as well. Well, so, that um, means so, we could uh, all possibly get our very own Sophia the Robot. That's right. The future is in, is in your hands now. N I can't exactly. wait to see what uh, the students uh, come up with next. Thank you so much, David Hansen, for joining us today. It has been such a great honor to get to speak to you and Sophia the Robot. We wish you the very best in all of your future endeavors. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. To everyone tuning into us right now, thank you so much for lending us your ears for the hour. Yes, and we'll see you same time, same place tomorrow right here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.